All right, fellow fact checkers. Now, before we start the show, I want to remind you to head over and check out our great sponsor, Fox and Son Coffee. Uh, they've got an amazing deal with all kinds of blends going on. So head over there and check it out. You can get the Mexican honey prep, the Brazilian honey prep, the Guatemalan, the Ethiopian. They'll be adding new roasts regularly. So be sure to check in and see what new flavors Steve has got over at Fox and Son Coffee. They've also got all of your usual favorites. The Den Blend Dark, the Den Blend Light, and the one that we personally like around the house since... Uh, we can't seem to agree on which of the light or the dark is better for both me and the wife. The Den Blend Tube Electric Boogaloo, which is the medium roast. So be sure to use the checkout code FCT for fact check this at checkout, and that'll get you an 18% discount on any order of $25 or more. Also, any order of $37.99 or more gets you free shipping. Load up on all the greatest coffee on the market, and you can thank me later. Well, let's start the show. check this podcast and tonight there will be a uh, revolving door of different folks to pop in we're going to talk about why we're not blackpilled uh this started as a conversation between me and mark metz off uh after we had done a, an episode and we were just like talking and uh then it became a, a text messages between us and i was kind of talking about um, why I kind of have a different perspective on life and the world than I think a lot of people who are, especially a lot of people who are like chronically online. Uh, and so then I wrote a Substack about it and I wanted to follow that up with having a conversation with other people about why are you not blackpilled? Uh, so introduce yourselves and then I'll, uh, I'll kind of give the, the cliff notes version of why I'm not blackpilled. Yes. Who do you want to go ahead. first? It doesn't. I don't care. Go clockwise. Counterclockwise. Uh, clockwise. Hi, I'm Jason Marin. I'm Jason Marinchuk, the host of the Two Bit Podcast. Uh, is my mic on? I don't know. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, Two Bit Podcast. Why I'm not black pilled? Uh, because uh, our enemies are retarded. That's basically it. The competency crisis goes. There's one. There's two ways of looking at this, right? You can look at the competency crisis crisis of civilization uh stuff that we've been talking on the show quite a bit about uh civilizational capital uh which is sort of a, a take on uh, expansion on what nick land once said that uh capital is basically a, the product of human of human competency whatever whenever whatever humans do do well they produce capital uh and not just necessarily monetary capital but you know metaphysical capital 
civilizational capital, if you will. Um, when you start looking at it that way, it's so you have this competency crisis that's hitting all over the place. You know, planes falling from the sky and all that stuff. And that can you can look at that as in the horror show that it is. But there's also the I'm I'm also looking at this as like, well, there is an opportunity. Hello, Don. How's uh, it? As? There's an opportunity always to be like now. It's never been easier to be not to be to be superior than the than than the than the freaking retards. So so when you look at it that way, and you and you realize that the majority of of our enemies uh, can't tie their own shoes, I'm I'm looking at this as just as just you know white pill. I, I I call them bitter white pills, which is like yeah, sure, civilization's collapsing, but that just <laughs> means we get to we get, we get a chance to build a new one. So that's kind of fun. I should have known Jason would fail at Cliff Notes version. I, yeah, I don't I don't condense I expand. <laughs> Josh, that, that is my experience problem. with Jason. <laughs> Four hour podcast don't come out of nowhere, motherfucker. Come on, exactly. the <laughs> Hello, I'm I am Josh Ham. Uh, I am just a decent mechanic, a regular normie guy with a waged job and blue collar work, right? And the reason that I'm not blackfilled is really simple because I got four kids and so I don't have that option. I've noticed that the only people who are blackfilled are people that have no children, no legacy, no progeny, and they have no responsibilities. No, there's, there's, that's why they're blackfilled because they're not doing anything that's actually valuable or important. If you had kids and you were raising them, well, you've already planted your flag in the future. And so the option of giving up is not acceptable. That's it. I guess I'm next. Uh, Tyler Yonke. I have the Libertarian Podcast Review show or podcast review. I don't know. It was a big failure last night if anybody saw it. Uh, worst show ever, as Trump would say. Uh, anyway, we'll get on to this black pill thing. I'm actually black pilled after that show. That's how bad it was. <laughs> Um, I, as Josh said, that was he kind of took some of the thunder, which is if you have kids, and I don't believe people really are black pilled. I think some of them that say they are, they're attention whores at some point, and they like to they're doomsday people. Um, but you, you, otherwise, they just kill themselves and do us all a favor, right? Uh, as Hans Hermann Hoppe would basically uh, said, look, you have kids, you've put this projection out there, and you you, you need to take. It. Plus, I'm religious. And if I if if I take any of the tenets of my religion seriously, uh, I'm not. You can't be black pilled. It's just ridiculous. And plus, my wife wouldn't let me. Anyway. Don's turn. Uh oh, I get a turn. It's terrible. All right. So he's contemplating. He's he's <laughs> he's doing. Um, uh, so the the premise of children is is good. Uh, for the discussion of being blackpilled, right? So in, in short, being blackpilled for basically everybody is some sort of hopelessness. And the only way to be hopeless is to have no idea where you're going or what the hell you're doing. And uh, as, it, as it turns out, how do I put food in this kid's mouth tomorrow? It's a place to be going, whether you like it or not, <laughs> right? And it is a goal, and it is small and accomplishable. Uh, and so when people have kids... The first, I don't know, six months or so, uh, many, many people I've met, have, you know, it's, oh, my God, baby food's expensive. Oh, my God, that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing that, you know, diapers are expensive. Damn it. This kid's expensive. And 
even by the time they hit teenager years, you go, you know, man, this, this kid eats enough for like eight people, damn it. <laughs> but you also kind of just stop bitching about it being expensive. You you understand that this is life now. It's it's no longer new to you. It is it is a part of what you do every single day. And simply having anything tomorrow to look forward to. Uh, that one, you're responsible for because dear men in general, I promise you, of as much as I will crap on Jordan Peterson sun up to sundown, he is correct that when you're responsible for things, uh, you, you find pride in yourself, willingness to go on, etc. in just that, right? There is, uh, it's not just you you're letting down, it's you plus whatever you're responsible for, and nobody wants to be that guy. And so this premise of having something, anything that you are building, that you are contributing to, that you are a part of being successful is that thing that counters being black-pilled. And the the only people I will say uh, that Ty is probably wrong about uh, that are actually black-pilled go forth to 4chan and listen to the Coomer <laughs> video game players. Those guys are indeed black-pilled. Uh, everybody else, I, I am I am sold. It's a grift. It's garbage. It's, uh, you know, I, I get 40 million clicks for saying that you'll never be able to buy a house. You're going to live in the pod and eat the bug. Uh, and I monetize those clicks. So that's how I put food on my kid's table. Uh, screw you. If you become a depressed loser, my kids are eating. Wait, that's that's you? You've been doing that? No, no. no what? No. <laughs> He's the we need one. we need we need to compile a list of Don's alts. That's because <coughs> I'm pretty Start. sure Mang Wei Bao is like actually Don. You know, like uh, typing away in his, in his side muscle. No, I'm definitely not getting CCP money to have you people be black pilled and is, then writing counter content about it regularly. Is that you, Don? Is that you, Don? Are you Blade Rogers? Are you Blade Rogers, Don? That's a no little kids so, in the hall deep kids in the hall cut kids if you can get that one so the the cliff notes version of my Substack on why i'm i'm not black pilled is uh i grew up well, in the american black. dream well that too <laughs> i grew up in the american dream and honestly i have been fortunate enough to live it and see it all crumble in front of me and then build it all back up and live it again so like in I, I, and I won't settle for anything less than that. So I don't have an option to be black pilled because I've seen the, I don't know. I think I've seen the best of the world, like the way that you're supposed to live. And it's pretty fucking awesome. And like, I can be removed from a lot of the things of society that black pill people because I've built the life for myself and my family that I don't have to experience that shit if I don't want to. Like, I, I can choose to be chronically online and see it all the time, but I, I don't live it. I, I don't experience it at all ever. It, it's, it, it's, it is kind of sad to like to see and talk to people who live in big cities and experience that shit every single day. And it's like, I, I will never, I will never see that here. Like none of that's coming this far out into the fucking sticks of rural Indiana. Uh, and like, and if it does, I can go further. Like <laughs> I can go even further into the sticks where it still won't come. Like it, it's, um, 
I just don't, uh, and and I recommend that for everybody. Like, create your own American dream, whatever that looks like, you know, and and strive for that. Like, that's that's how you that's how you stop from being blackpilled. Is understand that life is pretty good. You just might have to go take it. Um, but one of the things that I've talked about in that Substack was the the mentality that leads to being blackpilled. And I wanted to kind of bounce that off of y'all as well. Uh, what we see out here is what we call the poverty mindset. Like my wife and I talk about it all the time. Like you see these and it's, it, it happens everywhere. It happens out here in rural nowhere. It happens in the cities. People get into these cycles of regardless of what opportunity comes at them, they are predispositioned to fail. And so there will always be a reason. There will always be a, an excuse. There will always be something that happens that will cause them to fail or give them the excuse to create their own failure. And then they fall back into that rut of, well, everything sucks. Everything's terrible. Have y'all, have, have y'all seen that experience that in hundred <laughs> percent kind of in different parts of the country or in Jason's case world um, like what causes people to be blackpilled not just the and not just the chronically online thing but like in your experience what causes people to to just take the black pill and never be able to get out of it Josh all right so I think the answer to that is actually 2,000 years old in Marcus Aurelius right and now you don't have to study Marcus Aurelius to understand the basics of stoicism Right. Oh, sure. But and I'm the one who, who can't cliff note things. Let's go back <laughs> 2,000 years. Go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I'm uh, once, once, once again, all every everything that we talk about has been talked about infinite times before. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. And so the reason that, that people feel this way and, and have these motions and everything else, A, they don't have anything, and B, they don't know what real struggle is. Now, Don, I think both of us can agree that living in a tent for a year at a time, surrounded by 20 dudes, not having hot water, not having running water, eating shit. Like when, by the time you came home, a hot water is a oh, luxury. Uh, uh, the first I shower a, when I got, I back, just got a boner. But. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the first shower when you get back out of the is like one of the top 10 things of your whole fucking life. <laughs> and it's a shower where you don't have to see anybody else's genitalia. Oh, God. It's so beautiful. Right. It's just, or it's just the only genitalia you're seeing is your wife, which is. Just oh. <laughs> oh. Right. And it's like, so what? Like, I can remember when I was 19 years old, I was in Korea. And I was doing what normal soldiers do, which is bitch and whine and complain because I was in a field exercise and it was raining and it sucked. And I remember watching this old 70 year old guy whistling as he rode his bike up the hill, parked that bike next to that porter shitter, got off the bicycle. And from the back of his bicycle, he unstrapped a ladle and a bucket and went into that porter john and cleaned it out. Came back out to his bike, still whistling, and just drove off down the hill. And I said to myself, self, I'm never going to bitch about work that the Army gives me again because I'm not ladling human shit with a ladle and a bucket. That's terrible. 
I lied because then I had to burn human shit in a 55 gallon drum later. And that was really bad. But once you've had those experiences, you can look around and be like, you know, life's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. To build on perspective. That, I mean, I, mean I, I'm a maintenance worker at a daycare, uh, nature's daycare. And I, I spent last weekend up to my elbows in compost toilets, um, at 46 years old. And you know, I do this because one is my job and two, it need to be done. And three, because, well, that's just life. Like sometimes you're up to your elbows and human shit and you just have to freaking deal with it. And you can cry about it and you can, and you can, you know, try to find excuses for it, but, but that's what it is to, um, to get back to your point about, uh, about black pilling, where it comes from. Like, I think there's two major, um, ways we can look at it. Like what father Sarah from Rose talked about in his book, nihilism is that we've entered this stage of, of social nihilism where people are, are struggling to find meaning and being in the world. So they latch on. So it's not, it's like if things aren't going well or things aren't going to plan or things aren't going to like some sort of vision that maybe someone promised you and, and yet you've done nothing to work towards that vision. You sit there and, and get all boo-boo faced about it. Um, but regardless, even if civilization was perfectly fine and everything was great, you still have all your work ahead of you. It's not like, you know, in either case, you'd still have to go work. You still have to like still invest, build capital, invest it, extract it where you can. Like these are even the, in the best of times, this is still going to happen. It's not like money doesn't fall from the freaking sky like mana. Um, in what I've been t talking about with uh, Matt Erickson and, and when we're building the civilizational capital idea, is it came down. I, I started looking at it in two different frames. And I've I've called them like the primal frame and the civil frame, and this kind of this 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 the idea of this came from watching I don't know if you saw those that video that was circulating a while ago of the Congo woman crossing the crossing like the two stick bridge and she fell in the water and and you know her stuff floated down the river and the, the caption was you know the world failed Congo I'm like no the world didn't fail anybody this woman is a stand-in for ten thousand years like the, she's she's a representative of ten thousand years of of crossing a a, a bridge that doesn't really exist and in their frame in the, and i would call that the primal frame you just use everything everything's a crisis that's in front of you at all times like you just reuse and repurpose materials because you because you have to because you live in the freaking jungle right if if you took all of us and put us on a des desert island all of a sudden we'd get in the primal frame real damn fast because it's it is useful it's not it's not a bad thing it's just it's bad for what i call the civil frame which is like civilization when you import that into, into civilization, all of a sudden they start tearing things down because they don't understand it. They don't get it. It's it, it, in a civil frame, you build things like bridges, a big, beautiful, uh, you know, Roman uh, giant bridge that's overbuilt that is actually not rational on some levels. But what it, it it's it, because you're putting it into a civil frame, it becomes super rational. You're building civilizational capital with that bridge and you're maintaining it. Mark, uh, Matt would give the example of painting the, the Golden Gate Bridge red. And they do it constantly. Like They're always painting the bloody bridge. Now, you could just say, well, just let the paint go and make it just a metal bridge. But you don't do that because the symbol of the Golden Gate Bridge being red is important to civilization, even though it's San Fran, whatever. But I still have hope for it because of that. And you're putting money and effort into doing this thing and revitalizing and maintaining it. That's 
something that doesn't exist in the primal frame. And I think a lot of Blackfield people are this hybrid. They're living in the civilization and they want they want all the civilizational stuff, but they also want to just like spend and burn all the time and repurpose everything all the time. And you can't have both. It's like you either need to invest and sacrifice and do the civil thing or go be a primal somewhere in, in, in a village or, you know, a third world country somewhere where, where that's totally necessary and applicable. It's trying to do both at the same time, I think creates this sort of create uh, the schism in, in your mind, which is, which, and then put you import liberal uh, nihilism there. And it's just, you know, suicidal. Well, so there, there was there's a very specific part of that, though I want to autistically talk about almost everything that you just said there. <laughs> um, there, there is. We'll have you on. We'll have you on to do- talk about it sometime, Don. It's 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 a good idea. <laughs> we're we're already scheduling this podcast, as far as I know. <laughs> so, um, but there, to to specifically the point of of how do we get black built, right? How do, how do people get black built? Um, in super short, in the way that I have found this most easily conveyable, so much so that I can explain it to a teenager and a preteen, which is when I started explaining it to him. It takes time, but we're getting there. People get blackpilled because they have an expectation that doesn't match reality. And that right there is a hundred percent of disappointment in all of life, right? You know, if you if you uh, drive to the store and you go, well, you know, I could get in an accident and die, right? If you say that to yourself right before you get in the car, just say it out loud. I promise you, no matter how dickheaded any given driver is on the road, first thing that's going to flash through your mind is, well, I didn't get in an accident and die. I mean, that, that guy's an asshole, sure, but I lived. I don't know, right? And to be fair, that is a lowered expectation that doesn't match reality. But that's not the one that people make, right? They they make the expectation that I'm going to get in the car and go to the store. And everybody, for the first time in however many years you've been on this earth, is going to be a great driver. They're all going to use their turn signals. No one's going to speed. Zero people will cut you off. right? They never say this expectation out loud, but it is how people behave, right? If you get on the road expecting that every single car you see is going to cut you off, ride your ass, not use a turn signal, and attempt to run you off the road and kill you, Anytime any of that doesn't happen, it's a pretty good day, right? And if you're setting your expectations as, uh, hey, it's going to be hard to buy a house, right? Uh, Nearly impossible. Then the first time that you find something that is reasonably able to be purchased, you're going to go, fuck yeah, it's a good day. If you say that it's going to be impossible to buy a brand new car, then the first expectation that opens up is that you can buy a used car, right? But the problem is... People make these expectations that they should be driving this year's Mercedes or BMW or Ferrari or whatever the hell it, you know, the F-150 Raptor with everything on it. It's a $100,000 truck, right? And to be honest, it's one of the cheaper options of what I just listed. And they should have that. Uh, They should have their three-bedroom, two-bath, white picket fence, uh, no crime or, or you know, effectively zero crime neighborhood with their, their uh, you know, 3.5 kids uh, by age 22. And they will find any number of people who have done this in history and demand that because X number of people did this in history, that should be available to them. One, you're not those people. Two, you're probably not doing the work those people did. I, I hate to say this to so many of you, except... 
you know, you, you hate to see it, but more than that, you love to see it. I hate to see it in that kind of way. Those people you're talking about worked a hundred hours a week, uh, digging holes, laying brick, right? <laughs> you know, oh, Don, but I can't do those things. Dear young men, each and every one of you could, none of you will. Uh, as, as I have pointed out dozens of times, you could go get into the trades tomorrow. You need a pair of work boots, take your next paycheck from your job, buy a set of work boots, walk onto a construction site in blue jeans, a t-shirt, uh, and some work boots. You will have a construction job, but that's not what you want. You want to be a software engineer. You want to be, I don't know, HR, whatever it is, stupid, crappy job. You want to have that job, have all the benefits of doing the hard work, right? None of the risk. Because giant pussies, uh, and and I'm not all that interested in rephrasing that. I know that a bunch of giant pussies just got their feelings hurt. Um, you know, I'm highly suggest you call it Vagisil. Invest one in their product because you're going to be using it, right? So buy stock; it'll be good for you. Hopefully, you'll get some returns uh, on how much uh, Vagisil you're going to be fucking buying. All right, you, you can't you can't do this. You can't talk live about like yeast that. infections. Who's who's up for that? Anybody? I mean, uh, <clears throat> there's a large I mean, just like, section. That's a bunch of yeasty boys. Like, yeah, there's a large it, section. It's sort of like Vegemite, but but a different kind of color. Exactly. There's a large section of the internet that we should just like start making lists of and make the list called yeast infection. It's it's <laughs> interesting that you mentioned that 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 they aren't doing those things. So you see a lot of these videos of these 20 somethings that are coming out of college and, and they're just decrying how terrible the workplace is and all of this stuff. It's like, like I said, I, I, I was raised in the American dream. I was living it. I saw the whole fucking thing fall apart in front of me, got divorced, lost my job, started all over again, went from making about 90 grand a year to $11 an hour. And now I'm back to making more money than I've ever made. But it didn't come easy. And I had to, I had to work for a number of years at that $11 an hour job that I then saw the opportunity to make things better and just make myself, make myself so indisposable that they just kept giving me um, bullshit promotions and raises and creating job titles for me because they didn't know what else to do, but they had to keep me around. Like, these kids that are so just doom and gloom on being in the workforce, they're, they're never going to look for that opportunity. And like, that's, that's sad, but that's, that's the mentality that has to get changed. It's not, it's not what you think that it's supposed to be. You have to accept what it is and then make it what you want it to be. I think yeah. there's, I think one of the big divides here is that, and this, I think, comes out of this participation trophy, yada, yada, yada culture, where they were given value before they had any. So it's a false yeah. sense of value, where they think they're valuable. They've been told their entire life, they're, you're amazing, you're the best, you're, oh, look at all these things. And then, and they kind of, in the back of your mind, you know, this bullshit, but okay, fine, you've been given all this stuff. And then you hit the real world where you find out your value is zero. Like your value is actually like zero would be good. Your value is like negative zero. Like well, that's way that, back there. That's true for men. It's not true for women until they hit about thirty-five. Well, it's true for women as well because in terms of experience, we're talking about the job market. Just just in, in terms of what you can do, being pretty and all that stuff is nice. But like, and actually to actually be competent, like to 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 actually to create capital and to be competent 
uh, enough to, to build capital, that takes experience. And people you can very you can make it. And sometimes people are extremely talented, but those are the very few rare test cases. The majority of people have to suck for a long time before you get any before you even get remotely kind of good at something that then you build that value and then you can go from you can go okay you know what this isn't working i can i can nuke this whole thing i can basically set my life on fire walk away from it rebuild it over over here and then be fine because i'm taking all that experience and that value and just putting it into a new thing and you know, yeah you know, setback, but it's a, but this is just a setback it's yeah, not you, the end of everything you know what you're good at at 18 taking a beating that's it right you're a moron. You don't know anything. I, I know. Uh, you probably think you do, but you don't. All right. Uh, I, you, you may or may not have some handful of years of experience. And, and if you were lucky enough to grow up in a place where your family had you working with power tools or whatever it was, you have some experience with that. You have no experience working on a team with guys that you've never met. You have no experience building the thing they're building. You have no idea how to read the plans. You're a moron. All right. But, but I promise you, you can get your ass kicked a hundred times harder than a 40 year old guy on the job site. And by you the know, way, you'll be fine in the morning. It hurts so bad. The 20 year old doesn't understand. And I'm like, right. why am I? <laughs> look, look, the, um, the, the, what you just mentioned there about the, um, the participation trophy, uh, era that we're kind of in. And, and some of that was because bullying became, uh, out of fashion, right? And, I, and I'm actually somewhat serious. The anti-bullying caused some of this, where the bullies, to some extent, you would it would set the equilibrium, right? But before that, the close cousin was victimhood, and that has been around for quite some time. I mean, I just did a thing with Pete Quinones about uh, the ADL, and they made a victim out of a Jewish man that you know murdered a girl. So these kind of things have happened over and over throughout our society. And the best thing you can do, look, you, you know, I think we're all parents here. The best thing you can do with a lot of these, and I've tried to do it with my kids. And I used to think about these young kids that were online complaining all the time. And I'm like, you know what? My kids are going to be the leaders. They're going to be, those kids are going to kind of get wash out. However, now I think my kids are going to be thought criminals for the way that they, because they think that you need to be doing the proper thing. I have four kids, okay? Uh, one's a senior in high school, three are in college. They all have jobs. They're all paying their way, and it's phenomenal. Um, and they're not, you know, complaining about anything. So they're they're working. They got power tools. Everything that Don said there is the good stuff. But they also speak their mind, and at some point in the job field, that's going to come back and hurt them. I'm I'm afraid that that could be the point. Uh, but I still hope that a lot of this social media craze and that we see these, you know, girls crying cause she's working a 40 hour work week, blah, 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 <laughs> that at some point it's just going to be drowned out by reality. And, um, I'm hoping D Dana White, Dana White just came out with a statement not too long ago, but I'm talking about his kids and he's like, he's like, I just tell my kids to be, to be aggressive. Yeah. He's like, do you understand? Like you're, you're in a situation now. Where if you're like this much more aggressive than the average person, you're gonna dominate. Yeah. Because because they like here's the thing, and here's and here's your bitter white pill, right? And the, uh we talked about this with Matt Erickson on the on the on the after show uh recently, is that uh is that you, you he's sharing he showed he shared the uh James O'Keefe thing where he was, you know, uh pretending to be gay, uh talking to this guy who was like, cybersecurity, <laughs> blah 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 from the Biden administration. 
And he was saying like, look, this is, this is, uh, this is your model. This is the model of these people who are running, who are staffing these institutions. Why in the world would you ever be scared of this? Like these, I, 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 and I've said this a few times on X is that I refuse to be intimidated by people who I know I can make cry with some, with some harsh language off the cuff. Like these people don't intimidate me. They're not, they're not, they're not dangerous to me. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to get some other big tough guy to, to, to come beat me up or put me in chains because you can't do it yourself. Okay. But, but here's the thing you guys staff and manage the whole uh, jails. I'm pretty sure that even if you put, throw me in a jail, I'm pretty sure we just climb the wall because <laughs> there's like, <laughs> there's no one manning everything. It, in fact, it almost gives the Epstein official narrative some credence. Like mm. I'm starting to think that, yeah, you know what the, the cameras just did fail and everyone was asleep because that's the world we live in right now where they're buying they're, they're buying cheap ass you know Japanese made uh, Chinese made or uh, cameras that just break all the time and everyone's asleep at the wheel and our the most highly secure prison in the world is actually just literally a walk-in walk-out facility right now <laughs> because because no one's competent enough to actually lock the fucking door they're like, what does this do it's a key you locked what but do you put it in the thing like what do you do do you, you do you clap do you press an app to do it i don't know what the hell are you, how does this work like that's the world reality we live in it's fine yeah, the, don't the worry clapper was it. quite good technology at the time why i don't know why you're mess, messing Fantastic. yeah it was it was a big seller for the it was a big seller for the orthodox jews you know they could just <laughs> right it's like go on like go God. on yeah yeah yeah, it, it's, <clears throat> I just got a 10% pay raise, right? And for all the people who are like, oh, inflation, blah, 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 blah. got 10% pay raise, which doesn't be wrong. I'm not making a ridiculous amount of money. I'm talking 22 bucks an hour, right? Like, it's not crazy, but I went from 20 to 22. 10% is pretty good. And it's like, don't let anyone fool you. J Josh is wearing a designer beanie right now. That yeah, That is sad. right from... That is right from the Tim Pool line. We know, we know, we know where your money's going, Josh. No, that is from Army Central <laughs> issue. That is that is United States Army Central issue facility. This thing is twenty years old. That's why I grabbed mine. <laughs> it's so funny that you have it right there in arms reach. You know why? Because they're comfortable and they fucking work. That's why. Yes, they do. <clears throat> We're right, but that, getting out of winter. That beanie caught thing was important like a month ago. That's a that's a twenty million dollar beanie, folks. Yeah. That's what that costs per unit. So probably true. But I, I mean, if you if you include the R and D, definitely true. Uh, but you know, it's like I know there are people who would bitch and bitch and want to complain about making twenty bucks an hour, and it's like okay, now I'm making twenty two. It's a ten percent raise. It's not a lot of money. Like I'm not you know making a hundred grand a year or anything like that. But it's sufficient for what I'm doing. And if I can get a 10% raise in six months, and the boss has already told me that we do good enough, I might be able to get another raise in six months and another raise in six months after that. And so, like, yes, there's no such thing as job security, technically, right? We're all mercenaries. However, if I'm the most competent motherfucker there, and I show up every day and I do the work that they need done and I don't bitch and I don't make problems with people that are around me and they can just depend on me to, to just do the things that are in my job description to do. Right. Right place, right time, right uniform, shut the fuck up, do what I'm told. Like 
that's all I got to do. And I can get 10%. Like I'm, I'm brain damaged. You people have no excuse for why you can't do more, better, faster, harder. Right. That's the, that's the interesting thing with the, the poverty mindset that, that my wife and I kind of observe and, and talk about with, with people in this area is there are a lot of factories around here that start out at 20, between 20 and $24 an hour. And like the, the criteria for making 20 to $24 an hour is show up. That's it. Oh man, You, you don't so have to do anything else and they still fail. And, and she works in HR and so she gets to hear all of the excuses for why they don't show up, why they can't do the job. All like you have no excuse. It's it, it's right. you just so, have to be there. And, and and they and they still can't do that much. And then they always have some reason for why they can't. And it's it's look, insane. I make thirty dollars an hour in a country where a burger costs thirty dollars. So you know, you just you just do away with certain things. You're like, this is not important, this is not important. I'm 46 well, that, now. Like it's like going that, out drinking all night right is not is not an option, anyways. That, you just, that thing you, that you're you talking cut out about. the fat. Yeah. Go ahead. The the that that thing that oh, I'll just get rid of this. Find me one black pilled person who thinks that that is an acceptable idea. One, right? I don't believe this person exists because to have the idea that I will just cut out X, Y, or Z, right? You have to be pretty equally grateful. For the other shit you have, right? And if you're grateful for basically anything, you're not black belt, right? <laughs> it just is inherently the case. This 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 is why the you know having ever lived any any amount of adversity in life is important, right? Because no matter how bad my day is, unironically, one of those things that makes it better is exactly what Josh said. You know, I could be burning shit in eight degree weather out of a fifty gallon drum covered in diesel and human waste. You know what I'm not doing right now? That. <laughs> and simply being grateful for not doing that makes every other thing more acceptable. Now, what you will hear from uh, the, the black pillars of the world is what I just said, is that you should, uh, you should have no standards of any variety, which is certainly not what I said, but it's what they think. Because these, these people who insist on being perpetually miserable they are they're happy being miserable which we used to call sociopaths but apparently these days we call them normies or black pillars or doomers right uh these people want to be upset they don't want to hear that uh, look today you be happy that you're not burning human waste in a 50 gallon drum covered in diesel in zero degree weather or 10 degree weather right tomorrow you're happy that uh, that blanket that you were using that sucked got replaced, right? Uh, now, not only are you not burning human waste in zero degree weather, you're not cold, all right? <laughs> and on and on and on. And every now and again, it's worth looking around and taking stock and going, I am better off than I was yesterday, right? And God forbid we can get these people past the materialism aspect of this and they can learn that, not only are you materialistically better off than you were yesterday, you have more experience. You can solve more problems. You can deal with more adversity. You don't have adversity where you used to have adversity, right? Uh, I, I forget where I heard this. It was a million years ago, but stress is having a problem that you can't solve, right? And if you don't believe that, watch any kid learn to tie their shoes. 
when you start teaching a kid to tie their shoes, that kid is stressed the fuck out. Oh my God, this is so complicated. It's so crazy. And the moment you're the person teaching a kid to tie their shoes, you're like, you know, this is really like super not a big deal, but you're kind of freaking the fuck out. And by the way, no matter how well they take to it or not, it's still like they're, they're concentrating super hard, even if they're not the kind that flips out, right? Okay, so we, we loop and we swoop and we twist, uh, you know, whatever the thing is with the rabbit and, and on and on, right? You know, you pull the bunny ears. Oh, I pulled it too far, which your kid's going to do this one day if they haven't already, right? And this is a super tense moment. And you watch that kid 10 years later go, and he's done, right? This to is, build on what you're saying, Don, it's like yeah. it, one of the hardest things as a parent, and I think this is what's also happening with social media, especially. I think this is, and I, I don't, I'm not one of these people who blame social media for everything, but it has created, in a Girardian sense, bad models because what people are seeing is the is the finished product. I just went off on I forget his name Huberman or some of that. Because I fucking hate these people who are like, you know what I do? I start my day at four at four thirty in the morning, and then I, then I then I I hold off ninety minutes for my coffee, and I have my 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 glass of water with a little Himalayan sea salt, and then I go for a walk, and then I write then I write in my journal for half an hour, and then I and then I meditate for half an hour, and then I start my workflow. It's like fuck you. That's not what made you successful. Like any successful person, like Elon Musk or Peter Thiel or someone like that who who may or may not do that, is not what made them successful. That's not really what. That's not the secret ingredient that they that they that they took that pill and they're like, oh well, and then and now I and then I just created fucking PayPal. Like the fuck are you talking about, right? Like this is not how you do things. But but people look at the finished product, they look at the success, and go, well, I'm going to model Elon Musk. So what do you do? I guess I just go to space. Well, no, right? Like there are incremental steps before that. Like where are you? Like where so where are you starting? Is, that, you can, that's what. Master can teach. Sorry, one last point. A no, master okay. can teach a baby jujitsu. You can do that. This is what the spreading the message thing is. Like you have to bring that person all the way back from over here and bring all their priors up to the starting point, and then to to where you're at right now, and then build into the future. Yeah, you can do that, but it's a fuckload of fucking energy and and and, and effort to give to, to put into that. You got to really love both your message and that person. What's easier to do is find people where you, who are already kind of where you're at, anyways, and go. Okay, great. New marching orders. Let's 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 yeah. Let's take this problem and crunch it. Like, you know, who who's good at what and 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 allocate uh, certain tasks and let's go. Right. Like, we. Oh yeah. You know, uh, the old saying is one last thing, Don. I'll cut it to you. Uh, no, no, no you're that, good. You're good. Is that Father Servermo says it's it's later than you think. Matt Erickson has said it's sooner than you think. And I'm going to take it from the rock. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it's now. It's now. Do it now, man. We have well, this so, amazing technology. We have all this crazy cool shit we can do. Yeah, like, the, fucking use it. Like, the, the don't best sit there and go, start. I can't fucking, I can't get the fucking investment. There's people doing Kickstarters for goddamn games and never fucking release. You can't True. get, you can't get a hundred thousand dollars together with some friends and fucking do something like, well, bullshit. So there, all right. To, to roll back because I, I see this out of the motivational speakers all the time. And, and I, I have in some fashion been listening to them almost all of my life because my dad was super into them. Right. Um, if you know the name Leo Bascalia, all right, you have some quantity of idea of what I'm talking about here, uh, who, by the way, hasn't been. I think he's dead now, but <laughs> no less. 
the point here is is they all tell you these things like Humorman and his tea and his salt and his coffee and, and his hour and a half in the morning. What that moron is not explaining and should be. And almost none of these people do, right? Because for the most moronic in society, simply get up and delay gratification for 90 minutes is what he said, right? Get up early because that is hard and requires discipline. Delay gratification for 90 minutes because that is hard and it requires discipline. Perform an activity is going for a walk. Uh, you know, getting you out in the sun first thing in the morning uh, and having a slightly elevated heart rate will, in fact, make every single day of your life better. Right. And, and these things are all true. But what this moron is not telling you, uh, for those of us who basically are not midwits, and and here's the thing, we're all wrong in demanding this explanation because there are way more midwits than there are of us, right? And so this moron, uh, Huberman, gets to gets to get up on a stage and go, well, boys, uh, if you just, uh, you know, wait 90 minutes in the morning before you have a cup of coffee, uh, you know, after getting up at four in the morning, uh, and then, uh, you know, ritualistically have uh, this this uh, lemony ice water with just a pinch of salt in it, right? I mean, what what is he actually doing there, right? He's hydrating himself in the most efficient way possible. A tiny amount of salt sprinkled into some water with some citrus in it is basically Gatorade that is not sugar-filled shit, right? I mean, he is unironically doing the thing that loosens up the blood flow in your body, presumably right before he goes on this walk, which means that both the water and the salt and the sugar are all going to be available for his walk, which is going to make the walk a little bit easier on him, right? He's not wrong for any of this. The problem is he is selling this to people who probably don't even understand the explanation that I gave. So when the rest of us come by and go, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, we don't get an answer, right? We, we don't get like... Well, so who gives a shit if you get up at four in the morning? Like, well, look, as it turns out, having very small disciplined activities that you put in your life, simply getting up on a, uh, a schedule every single day, right? You know, uh, that, that Navy SEAL admiral, like, uh, you know, if you, if you want to save the world, make your bed, right? Have we all seen that speech, right? Uh, so what, what is this guy saying? Get up first thing in the morning, execute discipline, right? <laughs> That's, that's what he's saying. Uh, and it does, right? You, this is how you train yourself to be disciplined. You don't get up in the morning and go, all right, I've been a fat, lazy bitch for 22 years, and today I'm the T-800. Not how it works. So one of the things I say on the channel quite a bit is the ritual and reality are one. Yeah. And what I what I kind of mean by that is, like, I usually get example, like, if you take the Orthodox Christian worldview, and you take the Roman Catholic worldview, and you, and you zoom out far enough, they're essentially the exact same. Like to to someone who doesn't know what you're, hell you're talking about, they're interchangeable. You zoom in close enough, and they're wild. They're two worlds apart. And what really differentiates them is the rituals, you know. And what and so I'm saying that this becomes this creates a paradox that the 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 Orthodox reality say is substantiated by its rituals and so the and the rituals inform the reality and the reality inform the rituals and so on and so on and so forth so whatever rituals you perform creates your reality and this is this is very very important in terms of understanding like how do you get yourself out of a situation well you begin to ritualize uh behaviors that will give you structure if you're if you're feeling chaotic and out of control create structure create order like ritualize order in in every single way start to you know go get all, all really ocd about shit if you need to right depending on how far down that chaotic can, route, I, uh, route. 
can I yeah. can I lend you a hand here uh, and then give it back to you? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, only, uh, only below the table, Don. All right, so, um, right. oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, uh, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's a bit lower, when, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yep, there you go. Oh, <laughs> so, milkies. Uh, it used to be back when when people knew these things that if, if you were having panic attacks, the shrinks would tell you to recite your multiplication tables. Uh, it used to be, and to some degree still is, the closer you get to the Orthodox, the more true this is. The closer you get to the Protestants, the less true this is. In time of stress, pray. Right? What, do you, what are you doing in both of these circumstances? Right? Uh, presumably, if you are praying if you and are Orthodox, you are reciting a prayer out of the Bible. Right, Jesus prayer. The Jesus right. prayer is like the number one go to by any Orthodox priest. When I was taught in mine, and I there said, it is. He's, right? he's, he was like, "What? What are your, you know? What are your prayer rules so far?" I'm like, "I said the Jesus prayer quite often." He's like, "Yep, there you go. Do, Do that. that right. Yeah." And what is it that both of these people, who I would suggest are on diametrically opposed sides of the theological question as a premise, what is it both of them are telling you? Set your mind in an orderly place, right? Remove yourself, uh, at least mentally, from whatever the stressor is, and do something orderly, right? Now, you, you can argue uh, whether or not one is better than the other. All you want, all I am saying is, and, and by the way, uh, for, the, for the last guy uh, in, in this line, what is it that guys who are in combat say? At a certain point, the training takes over. I stop giving a damn. What are you doing? Tap, rack, bang. Why? Because I've done it a million times. What am I doing? Putting my mind in an orderly fashion, right? My weapon is jammed and I need to shoot that guy. Drop that mag, you know, right? You do something that you have done a million times. And that moves you away from the stress, right? You and, and have talking, that order, even if it's only here. And talking about the, like the discipline side of it, like like you talked about the guy that get up at 4.30, drink his water and, you know, go for the walk, all that stuff. Whenever I've had conversations with my kids or other people um, who are kind of seem like they're floating and, and don't have good direction and are kind of uh, <clears throat> something like it, they're kind of lost. They're, they're wandering. I'm like, this is what I do. This is my routine. Like, and I'm not saying that my routine should be your routine, but you need to figure out what your routine is. Like, uh, you know, I, I work nights, so I have a completely ass backwards schedule from most of you know civilized society. So when I get home in the morning, I from work, I sit down, I drink a cup of coffee, I read through the news and stuff, I look at stuff, and then I get up and I work out. I'll go for a run. I try to get to bed at about the same time every morning. I don't sleep a whole lot. Uh, I I get up at about the same time every day. Once I get up, then I eat. I sit down and read something. I'll like, I'll do something that engages my mind. Like I, I try to start my day engaging my body and then wind down. And then when I get up, I eat, I engage my mind. I get myself going again. Like I, on my days off, I have a very similar routine, just a little bit, a little bit different timeline, but because, because I have kids and, and they go to school during the day. So on my days off, I have to shift back to being a day person uh, from being a night person, which, you know, 
when I explain my, my routine to people, they're like, everything about that sounds fucking insane. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's why it's not for you probably, but find the thing that is for you that doesn't seem insane. And then just start doing it every fucking day. And on the days that you don't feel like doing it, do it anyway. Like keep doing it until it becomes not just something that you are thinking about and making yourself do, but that it becomes second nature. Like, I wake up at the same time every day, whether I want to or not. Like I'll set my alarm to go off two hours later because I want to get enough, a little bit of extra sleep because I don't have anything to do today. No, I'm still waking up at the same time every day, regardless of what time I, I, I don't need an alarm. I'm going to get up at the same time every single day. I'm, I'm going to go to bed at about the same time every day because whether I think I need to do other stuff or have other stuff going on, if I try to lay down earlier to get more sleep, my body's not going to do it. I can't just turn it off. But also, I can't really stay up past then because that's when my body's going to be like, all right, time to shut it down, fucker. And, yeah, and attach, I, attach, yeah, yourself worth, attach yourself worth to not to who you are in a given uh, situation because oftentimes you're just a pile of shit. Um, but it's what you do. Like, attach your value to what you do. And then by doing it, you you increase your value uh because you do this thing like even with podcasting like you know uh, i've been doing this thing for three years and i get up now at four between between basically four o'clock or 5 a.m every morning because of the time difference so i'm up at that time every morning uh and i'm and i'm working like i'm working on hustling my weekends is my weekend like i could be doing anything else but it's like you're you're doing this thing you're practicing you're 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 exercising those <laughs> muscles. You're you're giving that time and sacrificing that time to do it because it, it has a value. What you do has value. And if you don't believe that, then, well, you got to start believing that. Like, fake it till you make it even. Find something to do that increases your value and, and don't and worry do about the pile of shit that you are. Do something that engages you mentally and do something that engages you physically. And... If you do both of those things consistently every day, you're gonna feel better. Like you're just it's, it's going to naturally is, happen that you're just going to feel better about yourself and about life. If you just This is why I, I drink during podcasts. Let me let me let me jump in here. Let me jump in here with a couple of quick dadisms and everything else cuz I love you guys, but sometimes you go real high, right? And a lot of times I like to bring it down to fucking normal pleb status, right? Like, and the army, love it or hate it, it was really good at explaining, explaining maybe a bit wrong, at initiating people into these concepts through quite pithy things, right? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. What the fuck does that mean? Don't worry about how fast you're doing something. Just make sure you're doing it and you're doing it right. And over time, you will become proficient, and then you will get speed. If you start out trying to go fast, you'll fuck it up, right? <clears throat> Another one is uh, practice makes permanence, right? And so you have to make sure that you're practicing the right things, because whatever you practice is what will become permanent. So you have to make, if, you, if what you're practicing is stupid, you're just going to become a fucking retard. So don't do that. Practice the right things. 
I hate people who fucking talk about LARPing because they act as though LARPing is bad. And it's not. LARPing is good as long as you are LARPing good things. Right? Am I always an excellent father? No, but I try to play one as much as I can. <laughs> On TV. <laughs> that's really it. And and so if nothing else, because I'm always trying to play the part of a good father, even when I don't fucking feel like it because I'm human, I have a role to play. I know my role and I need to do my role even if I don't feel like it right. And the, the final thing I will tell you, all, all, all of my fellow plebs, right? <clears throat> Show me the five people, the five people you spend the most time around and I'll show you your future. Yeah. You control who you spend time around. Now, whether that's watching podcasts or your actual friends in real life or whatever else, I'm telling you right now, if you surround yourself with retards and black pill people and, and idiots and poor people and everything else, then that's what you're going to be, right? You want to be wealthy, make yourself valuable to people who are wealthy, surround yourself with wealthy people and you will start to become wealthy, if for no other reason, then you'll start picking up their habits. You'll start picking up their ideas. You'll start LARPing like them. And if you LARP it enough, you can make that shit happen. This is why I bought a house near a golf course. You know, I'm on the, it's, it's unfortunately, I'm on the more, that's a I'm great more idea. I'm more on the more affordable end. So I, I have a nice view of the industrial park just you know, across the trees. But like, but you know, the golf course is just like two minutes, literally a two minute walk up to the golf course. So I'm yes. like, I'm hoping some of that Aussie, it's, it's all it's, it's the, the the five Jews that are actually in, in, in Australia all live close to there. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get some of that rub, you know. It's funny that you said that about you know surrounding yourself with those people. It's it's always been with Jews. Yeah, I mean, not, why not? Not necessarily <laughs> Jews, but uh, like they, people who have they, people who you going tunnel diving? Things, like, why wouldn't you? People Dude, who have I, power hey, and influence quick, and money. Quick and note about like that. that. Um, like, I've always worked in relatively corporate settings, different different world or you know different types of industries, but I've always had management jobs and. You see people that like whenever whenever the regional managers come around or uh, you know, like the, the big shots, when they come around, everybody starts like freaking out and getting scared and tries to hide from them and stuff like, no, they 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 started probably somewhere close to where you did at some point in their career. Like get like they're, they're not scary. They're not intimidating. They're people. And you can you can be a normal person with them and glean a lot from them if you're just not terrified of them like I, i've never understood I, I it was it was funny we would have like regional managers come around and and everybody's like oh my gosh we got to do this and we got to do this and hide whenever they're around so they don't ask us a bunch of questions like i'm i'm gonna be the one of the first ones to meet them there at the door and be like hey what's up i'm justin this is what i do like what what do you want to know about what we do around here like you know talk to them and I, I i end up in regional management at one point in my career and you know it it's don't be scared of these people. There, uh, there's. Can I, can I suggest that that's a function of a different thing? What's that? Uh, competence. So that's a function of competence. It, that's why you're. That's not even competence. The competence is the long run output, right? So, and and I say that because even if you suck at your job, like on day one, if you show up and intentionally try to get good at your job, you will get good at your job, 
right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, it might take time. You might be a retard for six months, whatever. And by the way, every employer on earth expects you to be a retard for anywhere between six months and three years, depending on your job. Right. Uh, no matter if they have 30 day training or not, they expect that you will be a retard for between six months. They might even be years. selecting for retardation. Like, I mean, look at could be look at the, look at the entire. Uh, they're easier. Uh, Sometimes they're easier to train. Right. But here, here's the thing. The, the pretext here is that you show up to be good at your job. Right. So you show up and go, well, I have this job. I need to do it. And presumably, if I'm going to do it, I should do it well. And most of the people I have ever met who freak out when regional management shows up are the guys who spend their day, like sending emails, trying to get other people to do their work. Right. Uh, the guys who, uh, don't want anything to do with the actual job part of their job. They're, they're there to try and get a paycheck for the least input humanly possible. Because if you come down to me at a job I've been at, even for years and go, man, you're really fucking this up. What are you doing? Like, hold on. Best of my knowledge, I'm doing this right. You want to tell me how I can not be fucking this up? Because I'm happy to hear that A, there's an easier way, B, there's a faster way, or C, there's a better way. To be fair, if it's not one of those three, I don't know if I care. But if it is one of those three, I want to know right now, right? And so there's not a lot of loss in talking to this regional manager who presumably did go through my job previously and has 10 years of experience or whatever that he could give me or go, hey, I did the job on the other side of the job that you're doing. And if you do this, they're much better. And it's not actually a real change for you. Um, you know, it's not more or less work or anything like that. Just just put this over here. Right. And then their job goes 50 percent faster. Right. That, let's let's, this doesn't let's, hurt me. let's look at this. Let's look at this from a more even bigger meta situation, especially considering the, the world we live in now where opportunities are just like they're they're literally littering the streets. Uh, what I think one of the bigger things is that people start to do this thing. I look at my grandfather's generation <clears throat> and my grandfather worked as a milkman, you know, retired as a milkman, uh, worked that job for a, a very long time. And the job itself was just a job. I mean, he did, he, he was very good at it and, and made money and all that stuff, but it really was a job that facilitated, that got brought in money to do other things with, but he had a fuller life outside of the work. I mean, he worked like crazy, but, but he also like was raising a family he was you know uh, he built his house he had other interests he raced pigeons he he was doing other things so the conversion of like you build this capital and you get really good at this thing and you're making this money but you're 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 investing it into proper places family house other interests most people are now just working and they don't have that idea of investment it's like they're just working for work what are you working for? Uh, to make money to, to pay do what? rent to to pay rent. Okay, and then what? Then then what are you doing after you've done that? Well, uh, I just until I until like, what you die, you retire, something happens. Like what wh what's your plan here? Yeah. Uh, other than this, and most people only see this, and this is why they can't. Even if they're given promotions and they're given uh, more and more responsibilities, and even they complete that, it's like, okay, and then what? And then what? And then what? These are the three biggest, hardest questions in the, in, in the English language right now. And then what? What are you else doing? Like, especially in the podcasting world and stuff, is that everyone goes, well, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to do this. Stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> My bad. Demon just, demons just enter the chat. Um, hi, Bel Beelzebub. I didn't know you were here. Hail Satan. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, but, rural uh, Indiana. We got loud trucks, Bubba. 
I don't know. You got allowed something. But so even okay, so you take something like the podcast world. It's like, okay, you're doing this podcast, you're doing a YouTube show. Okay, why? Well, I want to talk to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But then and then what? Like, well, I, then I'm gonna get this big audience. Like, okay, and then what? Well, then I'm just gonna like have this big audience and be kind of like internet. Okay, and then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? Like, if if you're not if you're not gonna become the next Mr. Beast, and you know, the likelihood of that is like essentially zero, then what are you doing? why are you doing it and no one asks i don't think anyone has an answer like, a lot of people don't have an answer for that question I, I mean i i'm starting to come up with one it's like this is a conversion rate like you're doing this to build this in order to 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 build this capital and then reinvest that capital into different things and then this just becomes a vehicle for much bigger bigger projects that once i got onto that gave me like this amazing like oh okay all the work's ahead of you. All you know, the cost is heavy, but suddenly it's there's there's a purpose that isn't just I do a thing and I keep doing a thing and hope that the thing does a, that produces something. It's like, no, no, no. When the thing produces something, I know what that is and I can re, I, I can invest this in bigger. Does that kind of make sense? I, I would say that a lot of this comes back to Albert Einstein, where he said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, right? And this is true for money, but it's also true for, for work. It's true for life. It's true for energy. And so start investing in yourself and in your community. When you're starting out, it's going to be small, obviously. But the more that you become a person who is able to handle life and handle yourself and, and you grow and whatnot, the, then the more capable you'll be. Like I, I tell my kids and I told my students and I, I tell people all the time, right? Life doesn't get easier. It only gets harder and it's only going to get harder. But here's the thing. You can get stronger, right? Don't bitch that life gets harder. You can't change that. It's just going to happen. You're going to be 40 with crushed discs and bad knees. If you live a life like I did. Okay. Oh. Or you'll be 60 or whatever. Like life is going to happen and it's going to get harder, but you can get stronger. Now, if you're a retard and you've been in a padded room and you were raised in a padded room and that's all you've done for 18 years and you've never been given any responsibility and never been allowed to grow and to gain strength in life, then yeah, these hardships are going to seem real, real terrible because you just got thrown onto a bench with four plates on it and you have no concepts. I got it. It sucks. You're just going to have to ante up. Sucks to suck, man. Get, get strong or get smart fast. This goes back to the bullying thing earlier, right? Because, uh, you know, if if what you have is during your, your teenage years, a, couple, a bunch of people come by and go, you can't just be a douchebag like this, right? And they're, they're gut punching you once a week or whatever to, to stop you from being a giant douchebag then you learn and love this or loathe it in the ways that young men learn the best. All right. Oh, there's this huge group of dudes who are bigger and stronger than me that will beat my ass. <laughs> if I don't have some capability to conform to what's going on around me. Right. It, look, you, you want to, you don't have to fight or every 13 year old you ever encounter, but I promise you, well, we could just take this out back and settle it there will end a lot of stamping your feet discussions. 
I I learned I could be as a big of a douchebag as possible as long as like as uh, as long as I could put up, like you know, and, I, and that's what I would do. Is like people would go, "You're an asshole." I'm like, "We want to sell this outside." Like, and they're like, "Oh," I'm like, "Okay, so so all right, so then. you're gonna deal with me being an asshole then, because I'm gonna keep being an asshole until you until you until you teach me not to be." You know, or there, there's other aspects too, right? There's kids that can't do it, but they they. They maybe don't push back in their way or they're the funny guy or you're the guy that does something else. So there's always a way to try to fit in into a community that's vital. And and the bully, you know, there's the there's the jerk bully. But then there's always that guy in the movies that, you know, stands up to him and then he's got friends. Or whatever. And it's it's competing factions in a way that you need. And when these people <laughs> some ideas when they go on um, unabated. That is the problem because suddenly those people think that, you know, that's the typical thing that a college student thinks that the first time they've ever thought about something is the first time anyone's ever thought about something. You know, they're, they're, the, they're the know-it-all here, and, and that's just not the case. People have thought about these things for ages. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to have to dip out again. My, my wife, it's early out here in California, so you caught me at a, at a bad time. But if you're going a while, just, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll keep seeing what's going on and come back in. So. We'll probably be wrapping. Uh, we've we've covered a okay. lot in the last hour. Did so we'll you talk about how you should galvanize the uh, Golden Gate Bridge rather than paint it? Anybody? No. <laughs> Look, that is hands down the correct answer. Okay. But by far more importantly than it being the correct answer, I want a dip tank that you can fit the Golden Gate Bridge in. That's what I, I want. I used, to, I used to work for a company as an engineer uh, doing hot dip galvanizing. So I went around the nation helping install these giant tanks. Uh, yeah, I, you're you're completely right. How great would a dip tank that you could dip the whole gal the whole Golden Gate Bridge in all at once? How great would this be? I I don't even care if it ever gets used. I just want to see it. <laughs> you're basically talking about the bay. Just make make it a big <laughs> tank. Yeah, I'm for it. Well, I mean, it's to be fair, you might clean it up, given what the bay is like at the moment. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I missed all. I'll have to catch the replay here. We yeah, we covered a lot, and and we covered everything that I really wanted to. Like the the ideas of having discipline, setting a routine, regardless of what the routine is, setting it small and working towards stuff. Having the understanding that you're not going to just step into the end product. It's going to be a process, and the. the fact that a lot of these younger the younger perpetually online black pill generation they just think that they're going to walk into the world and it's all going to be there for them uh, there was the there was the college student that uh or the the college graduate that said she had two degrees and she was just going around with her resume trying to get a job and and she's she's like I've got two degrees and nobody's hiring and it's like yeah you you have two degrees in communications and acting. Everybody who you're telling that to now knows that you are in your mid twenties. You can't actually communicate. You was that the girl who was who was bitching about Walmart? The Walmart person. Walmart, but um, she she was basically saying like nobody would hire her. It's like yeah, you're you're telling everybody with making the two degrees thing your like big selling point that. You're virtually you untrainable. You think you already yeah. know everything that you everything. need. Everything. And, and, and you're like, you haven't actually accomplished anything with your life up to this point. Like your degrees right, but, but, are functionally useless. And, and that's everything like, is, a, sorry. 
the kids coming out of college, I don't give a fuck what your degree is. Like I got the degree just so I could get the job and then learn the job once I got there. Like I understood that as soon as I showed up, I knew Dick, even though I had worked in the industry for a couple years and knew quite a bit. When I get there, I know Dick. And like that, clip that. That's, that's <laughs> I, I just started. Now just knows Dick really well. Really well. <laughs> he, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a work-handed Dick. He's a regional manager of Dick. He's got a two-hand grasp on that dick. I have a whole crew working on dick, and I'm a head of I'm the head of a crew of working on dick. Here's here's a here's here's something that it, you're getting yeah, instructions right Paw Patrol in a second. Um, sorry, I'm being I'm there. Here's the thing about, about modeling, right? You can say, okay, if you want to be Elon Musk, okay, cool. So then you say, okay, what? Well, what? Are, where, where am I at now? Zero, great. So what do I need to do to be Elon Musk? What? What can I do to to accomplish anything that's kind of like Elon Musk, or whoever? Right? Walmart, for example, if you take the Walmart job, if you say I want to be a great salesperson, I want to I want to learn sales and marketing and like just crush the sales and marketing game, then you can take that job at Walmart and go. I'm going to learn how to do customer service. I'm going to learn how to sell this stupid. Uh, TV that I don't care about, but I'm going to make people think I really care about this. And I'm going to practice and practice and practice. Because you know what? Here's the thing is you have no overhead. They're paying you to learn on your on their dime how to how to basically make value for yourself. So the next time you go into someone else's uh, to an interview and go, well, you know, you don't have a lot of experience doing direct sales. Like, yeah, but let me sell you this pen. Right? Let's go Wolf, Wolf so, Wall Street on the class. Like, to, to I can tell you that... You- to tell you how effective what he is saying is i have a friend who is in sales who has little to no sales experience took a job commission only to learn how to sell things is right now out there shopping for a new sales job to be able to make more money and unironically uh he he walked into an interview and it was not going well and so he just stopped in the middle and started selling, like, asked the guy what any problem that they had and started selling him a solution to the problem right then and there. And uh, not only did it go from an interview that was going like shit, they were like, look, man, here's the card. You, This is uh, like the HR manager direct hiring card. Like, you need to call me like tomorrow if you don't hear from me by close of business because – it doesn't matter that he doesn't have 10 years of sales resume. He sold that dude on something right then and there. And by the time he was done selling the dude, the dude was like, oh, shit, I just bought something from this guy. Wait, wait, wait. This was <laughs> this was Tommy Boy. I saw this in Tommy Boy. So this exact yes, scenario. But I know <laughs> I a friend right now that this is happening. Don, Don doesn't actually have real friends. He uses memories from movies. It's like and, <laughs> and, and that and That's that it. man was Adam Sandler. <laughs> Who, by the way, has been my friend since, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an early Adam Sandler movie and can't. Uh, It's old now, Happy Gilmore. (laughs) So this also applies to the blue collar side, right? Again, I'm 40 years old, been turning riches a long time. And when I got to this job, my boss is 26. And what do you think that I did when I got to that that job where my boss is 26? I sat down, I shut the fuck up, and I did what I was told. That's it. That's what I did. I followed instructions and I learned everything that I could from him. 
And then when I got another boss, I did the exact same thing, right? And so it doesn't even matter how much experience and everything you have. If you have humility and you're just willing to shut your face and do what you're told and learn, you can go places and you can actually learn things. Because I'm not going to... No, but I'm a blue collar guy. So blue collar yeah. is very different than sales or white collar work. I don't know the white collar side. I know the blue collar side. And on the blue collar okay. side, there's lots of people with lots of experience who are willing to train you if you'll shut the fuck up and listen. But every time you tell me I know, I walk away. Because yeah, I can't tell you something if you, if you already know. One of the saddest things I saw, because I spent 25 years in the, in, the, in the hospitality service, basically restaurants and bars. And one of the saddest things I saw happen, you know, I started in the, God, the mid nineties really. And, and then all the way up until, I mean, relatively recently. And one of the things I saw was that, is that, that diminishing, when I started off, I was being trained by people in their fifties who are careerists. So this is like back when you could be a server or waiter or bartender and be in your fifties and sixties and retiring. And, and you had incredible value. Like you weren't even a manager. You were just like, you were the guy who could bring in like, you know, you're guaranteed, you know, $10,000 a week was this dude, right? Uh, working part-time and making making bank because he just knew everything. And that's who I learned from. And I saw the as those guys kind of uh, got out of the business, it just got younger and younger and younger to the point where unless if you're older, unless you're going into, unless you have a management stream or you have management experience or that's something that interests you, you're not going to make it anymore. Like being the 46 year old bartender or server. Uh, I mean, if they're desperate, they'll take you, but, but they're just, you're, you're not, you're not the go-to now uh, because, and, and you're actually probably threatening to that 25 year old manager because yeah. I, and I, 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 from someone who managed restaurants and bars for a very long time, that is like the, one of the shittiest positions in the world you are taking crap from literally all sides all the time. And a lot of people just get their pride bungled up in that to the point where they're like, nope, I got to be in charge, you know? Yeah. And they don't want anybody who might be able to naysay them or, or anything like that. Like, I, it, look, that's just my experience. Uh, I, I don't think it's totally isolated. But uh, in certain industries, it's like you can you can age out. And that's okay because one of the things you learn, and this is the thing about restaurants and hospitality, is that this is just a sales job. This is high-level sales. Or for podcasting, it's great. Bartending experience and podcasting interviews, easy. <laughs> like, I know how to talk to people, especially when I'm drunk. Sex work, uh, strippers, those are also ones you age out. This too. I'm a, you know... Unless, well, no, but 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 there's always a glory hole. See, there's always yeah. see. You're just not thinking. Ageless, is you're, you're telling. You gotta get well, better. I'll be honest. As, I'll be honest. You kind of age out of blue collar work too. Your body as, starts. As Orgasmo taught all of us back in the early 2000s, the DVD day scene is there for you in the long run if that's the line of uh, work you want to be taking. <laughs> yeah. No, Y'all got anything else to add on uh, how to get out of the? Uh, how to spit the black pill out and start to get a little more white pilled, even though you're you're probably not getting white pilled all all at once. But it's a uh, it's an act of discipline and of being willing 
to do the hard things to get yourself there. Uh, to not see everything as dead end, doom and gloom, and and to just put in the fucking work. Find one thing to be grateful for every day of your life. That's it. One. Right. Uh, and and by the way, doesn't have to be big. I, I have I have a pan to cook dinner in today. And by the way, if you've ever been in the position to not have a pan to cook dinner in, you're grateful for the pan. Uh, you know, it, to, I have an air conditioner. I have a heater. I have a roof over my head. I have something to eat today, right? Appreciate the things you have. It is it is the moment that you take everything that you have for granted that you start to become black belt. Um, well, this is this is President Orthodoxy. Justin can back me up on this. Is that one of our main prayers is waking up and thanking God for not killing you overnight? Like it's like thank you God for for me waking to now. Like right. Thanks for not killing me while I was sleeping. Like unironically, I'm still breathing. It can get better from here. Right. Yeah, just a quick note because I think the the whole thing there is about positivity. And in you know, ex wife is negative, had a son that was kind of like that, and you work through it. Uh, what I realized with young kids, and you see this kind of with um, with relationships, when something goes bad for a young child or young, a teenager, I'm specifically thinking about, they don't understand the ebbs and flows of life. That things go down, they come back up. You're going to rebound. You're going to find a new you know boyfriend girlfriend. And that's the problem you have sometimes with teens when they lose a, a relationship is the, this, the, the utter despair, you know, and that comes with life, right? But that's, that's where parents are kind of in this too. So um, I had Gosh, a friend in college, yeah, I had a friend in college that was completely negative about everything. And then he got into, uh, I don't know, he got into Amway and it changed his life. And now I don't suggest the, uh, get into a, a pyramid scheme. But hey man, if it works. Yeah, it was no. It for me, it was a Mary Claire saved my life <laughs> because uh, th their attitude was about selling and promoting and a positive thing, and it, he had to take this in. He was gung gung ho about it, and it made him not a negative person because he had to every day be thankful for something, even if it was a a, a rejection or a sale. So anyway, I, Don, I loved what you said there. So yeah, just piggybacking. Letting Gary Glenn Ross can be an inspirational movie. You said that about the the being positive. Uh, my one of the guys that I work with, he, one night he said, he said I've been trying for two years to piss you off. He's like you you never get upset. You never get like mad about anything. He's like, and we're this is a fucking shit show every day. Like one of my employees bought me a hat that says shit show supervisor. Like <laughs> he's like. This is a fucking shit show every day. He's like, why are you not like, how do you just not get mad? I was like, we're going to do this and we're going to go home like this. And yeah. it, it's going to end. It's all going to be fine. Like I, you, do, you don't get worked up over the little downs. You can really get worked up and excited about the ups. Like it, it's all going to, it's all going to work out. And maybe the way it works out is we all fail miserably. And you know what? We'll come back tomorrow and we'll try again. And maybe tomorrow we don't fail miserably. It's like that. That too is a big deal. Um, you know, people who who freak the fuck out over tiny failures. Uh, I pretty consistently wonder. Uh, look, man, how? In fact, my my kid went through a giant phase of this, and I, I went, "Look, man, here's the deal. You fucked up. This is how you fix it." No matter how much you freak the fuck out, that's still how you fix it. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> whenever you get around to fixing it, it's going to take that much time. You're adding to that time any amount that you're freaking the fuck out. That that's it. And uh, you know, the first couple of times we had this conversation was like, yeah, well, fuck it, whatever. And then I'd wait till he was done being all pissed off. Wait till he was done fixing the problem and go. So how much more free time you think you'd have? You hadn't spent two hours freaking the fuck out. Well, two hours. What would you be doing with that two hours if you had it? I would. It was, it's funny. There was, there was one night that it was a monumental clusterfuck and everything went wrong and nothing worked out right. And at the end of the night, I put on my shift report. That really fucking sucked. But we'll try again tomorrow. Like, yeah. what else? you know, what else can you do? Did anyone and, die? Right. Right. I, I mean, I literally had one night where I was sitting at my desk and I heard this sound and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I realized it's a human being screaming. Uh, a guy, <clears throat> a guy crushed his foot. It's like when you've had that in the first six months of the job, everything after that is like, I mean, did anybody oh. almost lose a foot? Okay. Then. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you guys can see this, right? You can, probably can't see that well. Yeah. I ended my restaurant career in Montreal by falling backwards off a bar by putting Christmas decorations off and putting my hand through the back bar. So like through five oh. different models and basically sliced my entire thumb. The only reason my thumb is still attached to my hand is because it hit bone. Um, there's a whole story there. I won't get into the gory details, but, um, but I you know, got to stitch together. I have no, but I have no feeling in this part of my hand. So like carrying plates and stuff is probably right. And I was looking for a way out anyways. I mean, that wasn't intentional. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> I might have pushed myself. But no. Um, but I, I was actually really lucky because if I if the, the scar is up here, but originally it was down here. If I had come down a few more inches down, I would have like sliced through my main artery in my hand and might have bled out. Um, but it's 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 those things. It's like that's now that's an extreme situation. But okay, you get up, you get you 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 heal, and during that time period of healing, it was one of the worst pain I've ever been through in my life. Like you know, when, you, when the meds wore off and stuff, like you're screaming in bloody pain. I had to sleep, you know, in a cast with my hand up and all that stuff, uh, worrying about you know if I ever get any kind of sensation or movement in my hand again, all that kind of stuff. And you got to do the stranger I, for the easy way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, uh, <laughs> so I, gotta, I have to always look down to make sure I'm confirming, you know, um, <clears throat> is it me or is it, or is it me or my hand? I can't tell. We'll, we'll find out. This, but this goes to a thing that matters though, which is to say that like, no matter how positive an outlook you have in the world, bad shit is going to happen. And sometimes mm -hmm. really bad shit is going to happen. Right. Uh, and it look, you know, there's somebody, somebody, I think the thing that got me tagged into this podcast is is somebody uh, tagged me on on Twitter and was like uh, said they they had been having bad you know bad days but they were working on it and life was getting better or something like that and I was like look man the object is to, is not to never have a bad day <laughs> bad shit is going to happen it, it mm -hmm. is to not like sometimes maybe you have two bad days in a row maybe that's going to exist if you have a bad week that's on fucking all right like. Yeah, there's going to be days in your life where everything goes wrong and so existentially wrong that if you're Jason, you're changing fucking careers over it. All right. That's not a small going wrong. That is my whole life up till this point. Let's 
fucking find a new way because this ain't it no more. Yeah, I mean, at the the timing too was like I that was that would happen in December of 2019. So I have that happen. I go I go through rehab and stuff of that, and then as I'm starting to get better, COVID hits. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and and my wife was pregnant, and we had to move houses, and then my daughter's born, and then I have a religious experience, and then we moved to Australia. Like, and I started this podcast in the in the middle of all of it. So it's like. I have never decided to go the easy route. Like, I'm like, how much more flaming bullshit can I throw up in the air with like chainsaws and, 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 uh, and possible danger, barbed wire, you know, uh, that I can possibly put in my life to kind of wade through and go, if we get through this though, man, is it going to be good? Like, I'm going to be so freaking good at the end of this because that's, it's, you know, it's trial by fire every single day. So my story isn't nearly as uh, entertaining as y'all's. Um, that shit, I've heard your fucking story. <laughs> so I used to be like really, really smart. Went to college at 16, everything else. Got blown up in Afghanistan, have brain damage. Right? And I spent, now, of course, I was like the Spurgy guy, like probably would have been fitting with libertarians or whatever, of course. And, uh, and I could be like real mad that I'm not that guy anymore, or I can look around and be like, you know, the fact that I'm married with four kids, I probably would not have figured out how to interact with her properly if I was still as smart as I was before. <laughs> like, love it or hate it, I, I I had to learn new skills. I had to adapt and overcome. And one of the things that I learned in war. And you don't have to go to war to learn these things. I'm just really, really stubborn and hard-headed, okay? But one of the things I learned was uh, I was a dead man walking. Like rockets, mortars, bombs, all kinds of stuff. All the time, going on. And that's true here, too. Again, you know, you're getting into 4,000 pounds of car going 70 miles an hour down the highway. You can die at any moment. You just don't realize it and don't appreciate it. You should. Be thankful. But I, I realized I'm a dead man walking, and then I realized that you really only have two options in life, right? You can't really change the things that are going to happen around you or the things that are going to happen to you. You only really control your reactions to what happens, and that's it. And fundamentally, the only two reactions that we as humans tend to have, or at least men, but maybe women are different. They're psychotic. Who knows? Right? But for men, we pretty much either laugh or cry. That's kind of it. And laughter is a lot more fun than crying. So why not just laugh? Right? You don't have to get angry. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to have these emotions that control your life. You can just choose to be happy and choose to laugh instead of crying. And guess what? Now that's, that's the way you live. Now, does that mean that I still get angry? Of course I do. I'm, I'm, I'm psychotic. But, you know, you can make the conscious choice that I'm not going to let my emotions control me. And I'm going to master myself. And I'm going to appreciate what I have to go back to what Don was saying. And I'm just going to, I'm going to work on making sure that other people 
aren't going to own and control me through my reactions to how they act. And if you can do that, you can accomplish quite a lot. And it just goes back to the having a little bit of discipline and applying it every day and working from there. This has been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, I think we, we covered everything I wanted to. Uh, it, y'all are always a lot of fun to talk to anyway. Um, so I really <laughs> I to be boring. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, hopefully, if you know some young kids that are kind of feeling like um, life's kicking them in the teeth, that they're not getting everything they hoped that their college degree would give them or that the workforce was going to give them or whatever. If, if you know, some of the, you know, the doom spiral, uh, you know, poverty mindset types, let them listen Send to some to of it. this and, and yeah, point them in the right direction. Like just take a step and then the next day, take another step. Uh, shit. I mean, it, it's the same as, uh, you know, Kyle, Kyle and I, Back uh, at the first of the year, we talked about getting into a, a good workout routine and, you know, working on your diet and, and stuff like that. Uh, like everything I'm going to kind of do this year is going to be along this similar line. Uh, like like the stuff that Don and I are talking about are, are like, you know, not being a dumbass, you know, understanding <laughs> how the world works and 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 kind of um, putting aside some of the misconceptions about what's going on in the world. The stuff that I'm talking about with with dag with how to with how to grow food how to be self-sufficient stuff like that stuff i'm talking about with mark with trying to understand history and understand the things that we've been lied to about and and just kind of get a grasp on the world like take a step and then tomorrow I'll take another one and see how it goes uh, it's it's all about it's all about what we what we put into it is what we're going to get out of it Guys, I appreciate it again. Y'all want to? Y'all got anything to plug before we go? Two bit podcasts. We just started a new series called "At the End of the Day" for the Girardian Memetics people out there. That's a little bit of memetic inception. It's now, and every time you hear someone say "At the end of the day," think, think of me. me. Think of me, and it will. It's it's going to work. Uh, just had an uh, interview with Jay Burden. Go check that out on YouTube, on Spotify, and all the podcatchers out there. Uh, of course, we're talking with Matt Erickson quite a bit over at the Kingpill Discord. Everyone should go join that uh, to be part of that live conversation. What we're building is this concept called uh, Civilizational Capital. It's, it's, it's a doozy, kids. Um, we're in the consulting phase. We'll be moving into the recruitment phase at some point. Justin, Don, Josh, you already, you've heard tons of this stuff now because Josh is part of that, uh, that Discord. But Josh and Don will uh, we'll talk uh, at some point and get you boys on and introduce you to these things and see where you go from it. Because, uh, like I said, we're consulting, we're building. And once we build the concept out and unveil to the, to the world, I'm telling you, I, I have this, this, this concept came from above. This is not, a, I, 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 I have no ownership of this. It's, it's, a, it's a gift. And because and I can give it freely because I, I know that 99% of people are too fucking black pilled and stupid to, to understand what I'm talking about. But, that that one that rare one percent we build boys we're gonna build uh the way. that's the uh that's what two, two, that, what's what 2024 is going to be about uh, over the two bud podcast and many of our affiliates uh thanks justin i always appreciate it man uh thanks uh, josh and don and, uh and everyone else who's listening and, uh, to tyler um 
I'm always, I, I'm always very humbly uh, appreciative of being part of these conversations. And yes, I know this. I'm not being conci concise, but fuck you. This is what I do. <clears throat> My name's Josh. My name is Josh Ham, uh, and I'm nowhere, and you probably can't find me, and that's intentional. Uh, and Don, they're they're talking about Pleb Ranch, just at a bigger scale. I know. So I yeah. know. Yeah. They, they, he, Don has only been talking about that for the last six years, five years. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> look, 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 look. I'm taking from uh, this is not. Like I said, this is why I don't have ownership to this thing. It's what 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 it's what we're doing is basically creating a formal system that mm -hmm. can be applied not just to a ranch but to uh, apps. So everything. Plant Plant ranch, ranch is just was, just the it's it, just the concept holder idea. That's all it, it is. Right. It, it is it is the meme name for the idea, as started six years ago. Um, Jesus, it has been six years. So for, for clarity's sake, uh, I, I guess, I, I am just doing it as an actual ranch. That is actually my life now. That is what I'm doing. Um, I don't know that it is anything to plug. On the other hand, stand by for me to figure out how it is that I'm going to turn it into content because everybody in the world wants it to be. And uh, hypothetically, that means at least three of you will pay for it, and that might make it worth it. Um, yes, I unironically will be doing it for money, uh, in the sense that as much as I like telling you people, these things, as much as I like helping you all out, fuck you, this shit's expensive. So fuck you, pay me, uh, <laughs> but outside of that, uh, one day in an equal, uh, whenever I have time kind of way, there is going to be a Substack going up, which is going to almost exclusively tell people how to eat, not rice and beans and still not pay $5,000 a month for food because evidently most of you don't know how to do this. Uh, all of the content for the first one is basically already done. It just needs to be translated into whatever the fuck Substack's problem is, uh, which mostly comes from me being a retard and not ever having used Substack, I'm sure. But still, it's coming. And also the, uh, the next episode of the ways of the world with don the pleb will be on february 20th uh don put that down in your calendar if you forgot to <laughs> february news to don we, well we only only in, only in the sense that we talked about this uh and i had a scheduler when i had a podcast for a reason <laughs> gonna whip it out on the old palm pilot yeah. So, guys, thanks again very much for everybody who was watching and listening. Thanks for being here, as always. And I will be back. Uh, I'm trying to get something set up, hopefully, for next weekend to talk about the civil rights movement. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I think um, if everything when freedom of <clears throat> when freedom of association was taken out back and shot. If everything works out right with the guest, uh, I think it's going to be really, really good. And uh, outside of that, Dag and I will be back sometime in the next week and a half to two weeks to uh, talk about starting to work, uh, composting and garden prep. Those will be our next two topics that we talk about with uh, becoming your own grocery. So tune in for all of that, and I will see you all later. Thanks, guys. Before you go, make sure you check out our great sponsor, Agorist Acres. Now, agoristacres.com, you can find over 100 varieties of seeds. They've got vegetables, flowers, all kinds of stuff. They've got heritage brands, 
everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now be sure to head over to agoristacres.com and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They have got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out.